my name is Shane Van Owen. I'm on a journey to bring you interesting stories of individuals in the health and wellness industry. Hopefully you're entertained and you learn one or two things that will help you on your fitness journey. In this episode of the Fitness Chronicles, I bring you Dwayne Stroh of Healthy Harvest. Healthy Harvest is on a mission to connect responsible eaters with responsible farmers. Healthy Harvest set out to find farmers who raise livestock and crops sustainably, humanely, and environmentally friendly without the use of genetically modified organisms. They listened to consumers asking for non-GMO products and began producing non-GMO cooking oils and organic cooking oils in 2013. Healthy Harvest products are in restaurants, bed and breakfast, school districts, bistros, along with many, many homes where they're used to promote healthy eating. Please enjoy as I talk to the founder of Healthy Harvest, Dwayne Stroh. Tell us how and why he started Healthy Harvest and explain their products and why non-GMO oils should matter to you. Yeah, so uh, here with Dwayne, Dwayne Stroh with Healthy Harvest. Um, another episode of the Fitness Chronicles. Nice. <laughs> That's the name we came up with. But uh, so what I'm kind of doing, Dwayne, I'm interviewing our partners in health really is who I'm going to talking to, trying to hear you know, their story, their background, how they got into business, that kind of thing. And then today with you, I think what would be really interesting is to learn a little bit more about the oil that you guys sell, since you guys are experts in it, obviously, and the health benefits and everything else of it. So I've been hearing a lot, a lot more about it, did a little bit of research on it, and um, wanted to kind of get into that a little bit. But anyhow, if you want to kind of give me your background... I mean, I know your background, but if you want to tell us your background. So, just in your oil business? Or well, how you, how'd you get here? Because you farmed before, right? And yeah, that was that's a story that I really ought to be drinking beer to tell, but I'll tell <laughs> it anyway. The uh, We did, we farmed and fed cattle for 30 years, and um, just to be quite frank and honest, I thought that non-GMO and organic and all that was a bunch of wild hippies that didn't know what they were talking about. Mm. But I was approached to uh, invest in a company, and they wanted me to run the company to produce, to go out and source soybeans that are non-GMO, chemical-free, and um, take them and have them crushed, sell them the soy meal, and sell the oil off. And the the company wasn't Healthy Harvest, though? Different company? It, It actually was Healthy Harvest. We we made the company up, and there were five of us that started. Okay. And make a long story short, four of them bailed and never put any money in it. And um, the company we were supposed to supply this feed for, they they bailed as well. To this day, they've never bought any feed. Wow. So we uh, kind of got thrown to the wolves. But back to your question of how do we get started? I used to coach wrestling, and there's a disease called MRSA. And I asked the doctor one time, where did MRSA come from? He said, from the overuse of antibiotics. And I thought he, I thought he meant, you know, every time a kid got sick, we, as parents, would give them an antibiotic. Mm-hmm. So when I went on this due diligence trip, I met a guy named Russ, and he said that, he told me a story about when he used to have conventional hogs, and a boar rammed his leg, put a hole in his knee, and just like a regular farm boy, he just kept working. Well, it got infected. And uh, it kept getting worse and worse. And every antibiotic they give him would not work because the pigs that he was feeding were getting so many antibiotics in their feed that um, 
he was immune to all the antibiotics. Oh, wow. And they told him, we're either going to take your leg or you're going to die. And he said, I'll take death. And they came in the next day and got him to sign off on an experimental antibiotic and he saved his leg and his life. But because of my wrestling background and MRSA, it lit a light up. And so me and my wife actually studied GMOs and, and stuff for about 90 days. And it was a rough 90 days because it was a... Uh, that's the best way to put it. And I was just wrong. I was totally wrong about GMOs and, and stuff like that. What did you think about them? I thought that GMOs were fine and it was, you know, farmers get told a different story. It's China's trying to manipulate the market and GMOs are really fine. They're actually better for you. And, and um, over that 90 days, a lot of things happened to me that, that uh, actually proved them 100% wrong. Really? And me wrong because I was a huge GMO supporter, mm-hmm. and um, just because you were told that. Well, yeah, you yeah. know, and and yeah, I guess so. You yeah. know, we didn't really investigate it like I thought. It. I read articles that were sent to me, but I never did my own investigation. And, and so, uh, yeah, it, and it turned out my my brother Tim, we. He died from cancer, and after investigating into it, we actually got started getting letters from lawyers and stuff that um, the chemical glyphosate actually is what what killed him. Mm-hmm. And so we, we could trace it back to that specific chemical. Is his cancer? Yeah, Monsanto lost its first lawsuit out of many, 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 many. A guy named Dwayne Johnson of California won a huge settlement, and it wasn't long after that they sold the bear. And I don't know how that's all going now. Mm-hmm. Tim's case was too old; they couldn't do nothing about it. But <clears throat> so they, at the end of the day, I still wasn't convinced. So I went to the University of Nebraska up in Columbus and told them I wanted to. They have a livestock um, research center there, and I said I want to feed 60 hogs with non-GMO ingredients and 60 hogs, just like a regular conventional hog. He said, well, we gladly do that for you, but we've already done it if you want to see the data. <laughs> and so I said, yeah. Someone was onto this already, huh? Well, um, so they went and got the data, and it almost made me throw up on my mouth. I mean, the, the inside of the, the pigs that were eating GMOs, they're not healthy. I mean, they had leaky gut. You could just vividly see it in the carcasses and, and in the pictures. That really? Used, yeah. And so... Um, I said, well, why don't you publish it? He says, because we don't own it. I said, who does? He said, Monsanto. Oh, wow. Yeah. So So Monsanto paid the university to do the study. Yeah, they did the study, but they don't have to publish the study if they don't want to, which is, you know, nothing wrong. Because they own it, so they can do whatever they want. Yeah, I guess, you know. Morally, there might be, but legally, there's no. Yeah. Wow. So that's. That's how we got started, and really? you know, after we got into business a few years, we found out about Tim, and so now we're pretty passionate about non-GMO and being. So you free. figured there'd be an easy transfer of that to to the human body, obviously, right? You figured if I can do if if this is the study that's going on with these pigs here, then obviously, you know, I can do something about this for for people. Is that was your was that your interest to help people that you know are in your circle, or you just wanted to kind of. It, it is, but it's not the main interest. Okay. The main interest to me is um, 
obviously the people that are most exposed are the people that are putting it on. Mm. I mean, that's direct contact. That's what my brother was. He used mm -hmm. to spray all of our pivot points and bin sites and farm sites and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he's the one that got non-Hoskins disease, which is the one that's been proven in laboratories that uh, glyphosate causes tumors. Mm -hmm. Just just exactly what he got. And so, uh, yeah. I, is that I, still going on now? Is that, like, are they still, are guys still, you know, men and women being affected by that still out in the farming community? I mean, is glyphosate still something that's causing cancer that you know of? Or? You know, I've been out of that world for 10 years. Um, I know I have a lot of friends that are GMO farmers, mm -hmm. and I certainly don't hold it against them. Don't think they're bad people or anything like that. Yeah. But I think that farmers um, have been made more aware, and I think they do take more safety precautions. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, back when I was farming, most of us didn't even have a shirt on. And now they, I know they put on like uh, safety stuff so they don't get on their hands and their, their body. And mm -hmm. a lot of them even wear a mask to keep from do breathing they? it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, interesting. So that, that opened your eyes, that experience. Absolutely yeah. opened my eyes. Okay. Uh, so what, can you explain what non-GMO really means? That's a great question because... Um, in my opinion, GMO is a very vague um, terminology, mm -hmm. genetically modified organism. Mm -hmm. So myself, in fact, until I started researching, I thought genetically modified meant anything that was ever crossbred or grown or, you know, a hybrid of any kind. Well, and frankly, the world probably would have starved if we hadn't done crossbreeding and drought tolerance plants mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So... Um, Genetically modified organism means that they've been injected with a foreign gene to help them resist something. Okay. So in the, one, one very, uh, the biggest one probably was when they figured out how to inject a gene into a plant that, that made um, corn and beans um, resistant to Roundup. Okay. And so at that point, a farmer can go in and spray and kill the weeds and not his crop makes it so that you can manage many, many more acres with less help. Okay, because you're, you're, you're putting that gene in there so that it doesn't get beat up by the weeds, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Once they have the gene in there, then the plant produces it, and they just keep reproducing the plant until they have enough to sell seed. And gotcha, so okay. So, and how does that relate to processing? Is, is the processing processor... You know, they say don't eat processed food, don't, you know, don't go there with that. But is that part of that, the non-GMO world too? Or is that, how do you work that into the way you guys produce your oil? Well, we try not to eat processed foods, but, um, you know, corn and beans aren't really processed. I mean, they're just grown. Okay. So I think processed foods is more um, when they when they process canned foods and stuff like that. They add things like preservatives and stuff like that that... A lot of people don't like. Okay, so that's more processing, putting stuff that probably isn't isn't good for you. Well, but. again, I'm no expert, but that's the yeah. way I. Th yeah, that's what I thought too. <laughs> I started researching a little bit, and I'm seeing they're kind of combining the non-GMO world with the processing world and saying it's not good for you. But yeah, that makes sense. Um, so, what, as far as processing in your in your oil, like that you guys do, and what are the oils that you do now? There's there's four main ones, right? Well, we do. We have soy. We have canola. 
We have Hyolake sunflower, Hyolake canola, we have avocado oil, and olive oil. Okay. And what made you pick those? Um, demand. Yeah. Yeah. They're we, the most common ones out we there. We started out with soy, which is a really popular oil, especially among health people. Mm. And um, they kept saying, you know, people would say, well, I wish you had sunflower. And so we made an arrangement with a company in southeast Colorado, but that were, I, I consider us partners. I mean, we do a lot of packing for them. They sell us a lot of oil, and, and we love them. A bunch of farmers down there. Very, very well-run operation. And so that's how we got started in Sunflower. Okay. And then and then we had people that were interested in canola, so we brought on canola. And then um, we were approached about high oleic oil, which is um, grown in a plant naturally through breeding. And the higher the oleic, the more durable it is, the longer shelf life it has. And my son was doing a study, reading the study. It said if you had 70% high lake oil and 30% regular middle lake oil, that you would get almost exactly the same results as if you had straight high lake oil. Okay. Because of my farming background, I know that the biggest punch always comes in the first part of the, ra- of the ratio, not the last part. Uh-huh. So we started out making the opposite. Um, we make 25% high oleic, 75% middle oleic, and it, uh, you know, when we go into, a, say, a restaurant that does a really good job of filtering, a lot of times we'll see them get double the life of their oil. Really? Yeah, I've read that on your website, and I've seen a lot of that in the testimonials that you have on there. Well, thank that you. That people are, it's lasting longer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It. And I know you told me that originally. What, so with that one, why wouldn't you just go 100% high oleic? Is it, is well, it more expensive then than the other stuff? Or? Yeah, high okay. oleic is a, a lot more expensive. Yeah. Okay, so that's why you combine it with something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, so, and so we have the option for people to, to blend more high oleic in. Um, we had one customer that, that tried it and liked it um but most everybody is very happy with the 75 25 blend so and what is that used for that oil um while we have people all of our oils are used everywhere and so some of our people that use that blend in their fryers just go ahead and use it for sauteing and Mm. salad ingredients and stuff like that too just so they don't have to have multiple kinds of oil around okay but every one of our oils because they're expeller pressed are very durable and um, chemical-free so that you can use them anywhere. Okay. And you sell right to the consumer too, right? Like right off your website. I think you're on Amazon. Yes, sir. Okay, good. Okay. Um, what I was going to ask you, what's the best salad uh, dressing oil? Well, that's... May I ask you a question? Sure. What's the best car? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's... Well, I can the, tell you my favorite salad dressing. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I like it. So uh, my personal favorite, I love avocado. Mm. I don't know why I love it so much, but I do. Really, olive oil is really good. Our sunflower oil is really, really good. Um, I stick to sunflower and avocado mostly. Sunflower avocado. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, and you kind of talked about why the the four that you picked. 
you know, why you guys specifically picked those. It was basically demand, you're saying, right, is what's out there in the marketplace, even though there's several other oils that you could have chosen from. Yeah, on the canola, the olive oil, and the avocado definitely was research and demand. Mm -hmm. um, I was fortunate enough through our banker to meet the people down in southeast Colorado and have sunflower oil. And we started with them not very long after we met with them. Mm. Just, and thank goodness we did. They're by far our, our uh, sunflowers by far our, our biggest seller. Is it? Mm -hmm. Why is that? Um, I think, you know, a lot of reasons. It's a very durable oil. It's got a light, nutty, buttery taste. Um, it's very, very durable in the fryer. And it's Colorado grown, Colorado processed. Mm. All right, processed ain't the right word, crushed. Okay. And yeah, you don't want to use the word processed, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Seems to have a bad connotation from what I've read. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you think is the biggest trend going right now in your world in, in the in oils like is it are we moving to certain types are we moving is the is the world kind of moving away from non or from gmo to non-gmo well it's a very interesting thing because um because it's more it's expensive right like it's more expensive than, than the GMO a lot stuff. of the reason is that i think if you read about organic for sure that we import as much or more than we grow mm. because we you know, we're a, a nation that's built on volume, which isn't a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It's just, uh, you know, it takes a lot more people and management to farm organically than than it does to farm conventionally. And non-GMOs in the middle, it's not as hard to farm as, as organic anywhere close, but definitely takes more management than, or, than um, conventional farming. And why is that? Why does it take more people? Because you can rescue things, you know, if you have a weedy field, you can go out and spray Roundup on it and it'll kill all the weeds and you're in good shape. Mm. And you don't have to cultivate because of that. Okay. And it's, you know, weed maintenance is the big, big reason. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Like a lot of farmers have sprayers, they can go out and spray a 130 acre field in three, four hours. Mm. Gotcha. Um, Here's kind of some technical questions. I because I asked some people about this and what you know what is something you'd like to learn. Canola oil, um, canola oil based diets, from what I've read, been shown to reduce cholesterol levels. Mm -hmm. Do you know anything about that? Um, I don't, to be honest with you. No, no. Why I have read it, but I do not know why. Yeah, I think that um, sunflower oil is the same way. Okay, canola and sunflower. Is it really just any non-GMO oil is going to do that? Mm, sorry, I don't know the don't answer know. to that. Okay. The other thing I wanted to ask you about, I saw you guys are getting, or you're into chicken feed too, right? Yeah. What, what got you into that? That is That seems to me like left field, but maybe not. I well, don't. remember, we started out as a feed company. Those people approached us to start sourcing non-GMO oh, right. beans okay. yeah. to make feed. And, and so that was, that was all we did at first. And we started... One day we said, well, let's, let's, you know, get some of this refined soy oil and see if we can sell it. Mm -hmm. And, and the, uh, ironically, we sold a lot of semi loads of, of soy meal to hog producers, but none to any of our partners. Oh yeah. And so what was happening in that business was once they get big enough that they can take semi loads, 
and as they grew pretty soon it was more economical for them to buy their own beans mm-hmm. have them crushed and just sell the crude oil off on the open market okay so as our customers grew they went away from us yeah so we didn't really feel like that was a super sustainable business for us mm-hmm. and so we started um doing retail feed and we started out with chicken feed okay and it worked really really well um, we worked with a company called A&P up in Iowa. They made the pellets and put the ingredients in. It, it shot up right away, and Amazon did really well. But we ran into an issue. I shouldn't say we did. They did. They were having trouble finding enough help. Mm-hmm. And so they didn't have anybody to run their uh, packaging, their pelletizing and packaging machinery. And so we, we had to find a new company. Cause they, so they were kind of like a co-packer then. You were bringing it in in the bag? Yeah, they. that's exactly right. ANP is called American Natural Processors. And okay. They buy, buy raw beans, um, canola, whatever, and they bring it in, crush it, and then they have the meal going one way and the oil going another way. So people always ask, how would you get mm-hmm. in the feed? When you crush beans, you got two products, meal for feed and or oil okay so it's actually they're very much tied together okay and so uh yeah they they're they absolutely a, a marvelous company up there we love them but because of that we had to find a new co-packer which we did and things were going well but they they started having trouble with quality and we started getting bad reviews mm-hmm. and so we have the feed on hold right now okay so that's not i saw it on um amazon so that's not you guys then? That's not your Healthy Harvest feed that's on there right now? No, w- Healthy Harvest, um, no, we don't have Healthy Harvest. We had Henry's Healthy Harvest. Oh, okay, different brand name then. Yeah. Okay. And so when we got such uh, bad reviews, we decided that was a good time to start our new company called Oil Dorado because we couldn't trademark Healthy Harvest or Henry's Healthy Harvest. Okay. Oil Dorado is the chicken feed then? Well, Old Dorado is our retail company. Oh, just straight retail. Mm-hmm. So you sell chicken feet or you'll sell the, the canola oil to mm-hmm. consumers yes. through Amazon. Yeah, and we, we do not have any feeds right now. Okay. We're okay. Still, still looking for that right relationship. How was that business when it was going? Was it, like, why would someone buy from, you know, I guess that's the question. Why do you buy it from you guys as opposed to just go down to tractor supply and get it? Is it the same, is it the ingredient, the process, or... Well, I worked pretty hard on the ration. You know, we fed cattle and stuff, so I, I realized how important a ration is. Okay. One of the things about our chicken feed was not only was it non-GMO and chemical-free, but also had omega-3s. Oh, okay. And so I don't know if you've ever bought um, land hen eggs that have omega-3s. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they taste fishy. Mm-hmm. But because we were putting ours in with flaxseed, you still got the omega-3 and absolutely no fishy taste. You didn't get the taste. Oh, and okay. so people really like the product uh-huh. and, you know, healthy reasons. It's not easy for um, a, a family that's got 10 hens in the backyard. It's a real pain in the butt for them to drive to a feed store somewhere out in the country and, mm-hmm. and get one bag of feed when they can just order it off of Amazon. Right, right. And so <clears throat> we, we farmed and fed cattle and we had... We had ropings and all that kind of thing, and and we had a lot of because of our our wrestling background, we had a lot of city people that would come out, and it always amazed me how interested they were in animals and the lifestyle of farming and and ranching and all that. 
so I had kind of a passion. I, I think it's really cool families that go through the pain of having a few chickens in the backyard laying eggs and kids. Like we did? Yeah, exactly <laughs> like you did. Yeah. They taste way better, I'll tell you that. They like, do. Oh, I noticed it right away. Yeah, they yeah, do. they're good. Yeah. yeah. And so that <clears throat> that's how part of that. The biggest reason for the chicken feed is Dwayne the Payne's passion to try yeah. to get more kids involved with animals. Oh, cool. That's a cool story. Yeah, hopefully it works out that you can find a coat packer because that's, I mean, it makes sense why you go to you, you know, yeah. to be buying it. So, yeah, we're, we're, uh, with your background uh, and everything else in it. I yeah. Mean, we're, we're always looking for that coat packer. Yeah. Um, that I've not found anybody that fits the bill. We have a company we love, but, they uh they're non-gmo certified for everything except for they do make feed that's has non-gmo ingredients but it's not certified mm. that would be a real huge we we would need to be able to do a big volume right away to justify them doing all the things they need to do to get to non-gmo okay. verified it's a very very strict test mm -hmm. and so you know, maybe we'll find one. If not, we, we hope to expand it to a bigger ware, warehouse and do it ourselves. Yeah. And so you'd have to process it and, and do all those things, right? Um, right? No, not to start with. We could we could bring in the product um, pelletized and box and, and package it ourselves to okay. start with. And then we could bring in the raw ingredients and mix it and pelletize it ourselves and be kind of the chain. Okay. And then maybe after that, we would um, bring in raw materials mm -hmm. and process them. Mm -hmm. But uh, a couple of the companies that we work with already do it, and they're really good at it. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that whether we'll ever get to the crushing part or not. Yeah, why reinvent the wheel if you don't have to? Well, when we when you have a great partner that's really good at it, yeah. You, yeah. you find out that maybe you don't know as much as you think. Yeah. <laughs> like every day? Yeah. <laughs> that happens to me every day, I know. <laughs> What's as far as that might be interesting to people, co-packing, because a lot of people are interested in doing that kind of thing, you know, like have someone else build the product for them and, and ship it to you. What's kind of been your, what would be your advice on that? Like selecting somebody, struggles that you've had, that kind of thing. You know, if somebody's starting out or wanting to do that. Um, well, I, my go-to always is, and it's probably not the right thing, but my go-to is passion. Yeah, you know, if I if I go to a co-packer and they're like, yeah, well, we'll co-pack it for you, but they're but they don't really believe in non-GMO and mm. or healthier food styles, it seems like you always run across crossroads. So I I like to find people on the same page. Yeah, that's probably why we don't have one. I'm too picky. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, the and American Natural Processors is all about that up in Iowa. They share your values. They really do, yeah. yeah. Everything there is organic or non-GMO. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you know who you are as a company, then, and you're not you're not deviating from that. That's what it sounds like you're saying to me. Well, yeah, yeah. I, and I'm not saying that we wouldn't do business with somebody who did both because it's definitely not true. But right. we dang sure want to make sure that they, you know, we had the same values. Yeah, that would be your advice. Cool. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the technical stuff I want to ask you more on a higher level. Um, for you, like, and it can be anything, but what motivates you on a daily basis? Because you're, you've are you been going at this for a while, right? How long have, between farming and running this company, how long has that been? How many years have yeah. I been in business? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I wish you wouldn't ask me that. 
Since 1978. Wow. Okay. So what is that? 40 some years. 78, 40, yeah, 43. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Don't harass me that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we've been in, been at it a while. My wife and I have been in, in business together for 38 of those years. Mm -hmm. 37 of those years. You and Melissa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's my. Wouldn't be nothing here if it wasn't for her. I can tell you that right yeah, now. Yeah, I know you say that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, so 43 years, man. So what what does motivate you on a daily basis? Oh. What makes you get out of bed? Because you literally. <laughs> You're up early, right? Like yeah, that's a routine for you. I, yeah, I like to get up early. I, it's, I don't know. When you get to work ahead of everybody else, those hours are so valuable. It's like on a ratio basis, probably like five, maybe even ten to one, how much I can get done. Yeah. Of of certain things, you know. I'm not saying the other things we do aren't important. That gives me a big head start, if you will. Mm -hmm. Make the day. But f what makes me. Um, passionate about what we do is probably number one our team yeah absolutely love everybody that comes here and they're all passionate and we have a lot of fun when we work i think you walked in and go wow you guys are rocking and rolling already this yeah. morning and so yeah, it's cool to see yeah and um fridays we work till noon and and then we always have company company activities every friday every friday and um like what what do you guys do um well, we play a lot of cribbage, cornhole. We play a lot of cornhole. So you shut down at noon, pretty much. Not shut down, but you're you're. you're no, we we do. We shut, shut down, down, down at noon. Yeah, really. We, they worked um, longer than eight hour days during the week, so they still get forty hours in it. Okay. And um, yeah, it works great. So Friday is make sure you know on our meeting we have uh, things that everybody has to get done in the week. So Friday, making sure you got your scorecard filled out and all your meeting you know everything you were supposed to do during the week and we have a meeting and discuss if somebody can get something done we talk about how we can help to get it done okay yeah. so everybody has a scorecard kind of an accountability tool then that they, have, they have to bring to that yeah okay. well we have a tv in the conference room and it all comes up electronically oh really that. okay each each employee each person here has a scorecard and they've got to show it to everybody yep wow mm -hmm. every week and yeah you're held accountable for it Okay. And um, we have a great team. I I very seldom have to say anything that other team members jump up. And, really? And very, very, very rarely, if it's ever happened, does anybody go, why didn't you do your job? It's more of a, uh, well, you know, what can we do to help? What what mm -hmm. do we need to work around this? What what can we do here? And most of the time it's me. I'm the one that has trouble getting my duties done, <laughs> the most, to be honest. Is it? Yeah. 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 Wow. So it's a good tool for you guys? Yeah, it's been a, a, a company-changing tool, yes. Is that right? Mm -hmm. what, do you use an app for that or something, or on the TV, or what do you do? Um, we read a book called Traction. It's um, they got a system in there. They talk about EOS. Okay. So we, we don't use EOS, per Which se. means, what does that mean? Dang, if I remember. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds good, huh? Yeah, I forget what it means, okay. to be honest with you. But we use a lot of the elements out of it. We made a kind of our own system, you know, Okay. custom built to fit us. Okay. But yeah. The, um, but the book's it, called Traction. Yeah, the book's called Traction. Okay. It's right. kind of the one that got us going on it. Yeah. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. I've heard of those before. I've read, um, I don't know if you know Ray Dalio hedge fund guy but he has the same kind of thing um and 
he they built like kind of scorecards for everybody and put it and they you know they had they went to thousands of employees and and they'd put that you know and they'd have other employees rate the, the employees and all kinds of things like super accountable stuff very transparent what's the name like. of that book um principles is the name of the book by ray dalio and he created all that himself and he got a lot of resistance in the beginning but you know but it, but it's a cultural thing he said that either people you know they they adapt to it or they leave a lot of, I and mean, people leave because it's not something they want to do so yeah you know no, i get that some some really good people just don't fit yeah so so i'm you know you know i love numbers I'm not sure. very good at them but i love yeah, them right and so uh <laughs> To me, if you're doing anything and it's not worth measuring, you probably shouldn't be doing it. No, I agree. So with I, you. I love the numbers part, and everybody else seems to really. Yeah. So it's it's a scorecard using you're using numbers and you're using metrics to evaluate things. Well, yeah, and the person who gets the least amount of their duties and scorecard filled has to do dishes every week. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Big disincentive, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and and so yeah, there's definitely numbers involved, like. You know how many of what you got to do different things and mm -hmm. cool. So, kind of one of the last questions I want to ask you, and I know you pretty well, so I knew this could go in a lot of different directions. Uh oh. <laughs> What's been your biggest mistake? Biggest mistake. Hmm. In my whole life. <laughs> Yeah, your whole life. <laughs> oh my gosh, you should have warned me about this. I got to sort through thousands. <laughs> um, I, you know, I have this theory that it's not really a mistake or a failure as long as you didn't quit. Um, some of my biggest learning experiences was uh, I come into town with the farm boy mentality and pretty much have been successful. At you know, through a lot of learning experiences through the years, but um, I had a lot of learning experiences in getting started in this business. Yeah. You know. Uh, I couldn't imagine, I mean, five guys, five, you had five partners starting this thing out mm -hmm. and they all bail on you. Mm -hmm. Like, what were, what were you feeling when that went up? When that yeah, happened? I, you know, I'm, this is such a humbling story. But yeah, you know, I put a bunch of money on it, and they paid me all this money to manage it, and, and uh, to make a long story short, when it was all said and done, and the tax attorney friend of mine that that I told you about, me yeah. and him went started going over the books. Turned out I was paying myself with my own money, and they never used it for what they said they were going to, and wow. so it was a uh, very eye-opening experience. And the failure isn't on their part. The failure is on my part. I definitely did not uh, pay attention enough. I should have been in there and mm -hmm. and just you know just seeing what was really going on. I was mm -hmm. I was being too complacent, I guess. Too trusting, maybe. Mm, I never think you're too trusting, but I think you got to pay attention to your p's and q's. And, yeah. And so, I I can't think of one thing that ever happened in my life at the end of the day the guy I look at in the mirror was the guy responsible mm -hmm. always so how long did it take you to come to that realization um I was a super wild kid very very wild kid yeah and um living out in the country and 
cops are always chasing me around on the gravel roads. And I was always like, why are they, why are they, uh, you know, always chasing me? Now, I, I don't remember the guy's name, but I was listening to a guy about accountability on a CD. And it just turned a light switch on for me. And one day I was looking in the mirror and I was like, son of a gun, right there's my problem. And, mm. and from that day forward, I I never blame anybody for anything else because I know there's always something I could have done different. Good for you. How old were you? Mid-20s. Yeah. I think that's a good place to end it. I think that's it. such a good story that, um, you know, something I'm trying to teach my kids. Look in the mirror, right? Mm-hmm. Start with yourself. So. Sure makes life a lot better. Yeah. You don't yeah. have to be mad at everyone. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. It makes it easier. Cool. Well, thanks, Dwayne. I yeah, appreciate thank you, you taking the time. That fun. was interesting. Thanks for listening to the Fitness Chronicles podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to Dwayne. If you want to connect with him, please reach out on Facebook by searching at Oil Dorado where you can see what Healthy Harvest is currently up to. If you're interested in checking out his products directly, you can go to his website at www.healthyharvestnongmo.com where you can purchase right there.